Hello, and thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in Luke 15, and we're going to see a lot of examples and read lots of parables about the joy that God has when just one of his people, one of his children, return to him. So with that, let's start with a quick word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the chance to talk to the creator of the world, to hear your voice, to see your voice, and your thoughts, and your heart, and how you care for us. I thank you that you are with us, that you care about us and love us. I pray for our hearts and our minds to be open. I pray that we would listen to your voice, we would understand, and that our spirits would be filled, and that we would commune with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're going to see a lot of different examples, but they all point to the same thing. The rejoicing and the joy that God has when one of us returns to him, when one of us is found. And the other part that right off the bat that's interesting is Jesus is hanging out with the lowlifes, the people that are the most despised within the Jewish community. He's sitting there talking to and hanging out with them. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. Verse 1, chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus said to, told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my, last, my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. So you see Jesus being pretty cutting there. I mean, he's showing the irony. Everyone needs to repent. Everyone sins. Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. And yet you have the Pharisees who sit there and like, oh, we're too good. I can't believe he's hanging out with these guys. And they consider them themselves to be part of those 99 sheep that don't need to repent. So Jesus is pretty, uh, pretty tough and pretty, uh, can have a very ironic and sarcastic tone. At least that's how I read some of this. And maybe it's because I'm sarcastic. Um, so I'm projecting myself onto him, which is probably a sin. Um, all right. So verse eight, the parable of the lost coin, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The parable of the lost son. See, it's interesting. I've read and had, there have been lots and lots of sermons that I've, I've been part of um, that I've listened to about the parable of the lost son. But generally, it's, uh, it's a standalone. So having the context of what Jesus was saying, the two previous parables is 
Very interesting because it's just one more example, one more way of showing how joyful God is when one of us is found. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So he was so poor and so destitute, the food that were, was being fed to the pigs looked good. That's a long fall from extremely wealthy to wanting to eat the slop that is fed to the pigs. Verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. One of the things, the backstory on this, is if a son were to ask for their inheritance from their father or their, their family, it was the same as saying, I want you to be dead. And it was a great insult and very upsetting. And it was, I don't... I don't love you. I don't want to wait any longer for your death. I wish it would already have happened. And so that's the setting. That's, that's basically the message he gave his dad. And, but watch how the father treats him. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Isn't that a lot of what, what happens when we sin? When I sin, I'm basically hardening my heart towards God. I'm doing something willingly or knowingly. I know I'm doing wrong. And I do it anyways. It's almost the same as if I were to say, just get out of my life so I can do this, even though I know it's wrong. And that's a lot like what the son did. Give me my, my inheritance. I don't want you in my life. I just want the money. The son said to, said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So there's repentance there. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And I just imagine what happens, you know, it said in the previous parable that the angels of heaven are rejoicing when just one person is saved. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. 
Yet you never gave me even a young goat, so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My my son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You know, in so many different ways, I can relate. My brother was my older brother, and he often did things that weren't good. He would disip- he would move out of the house. He would do things. He it was just a very negative situation, and yet my parents kept bringing ask, accepting him back home, and there I was. I was the opposite. I was the good kid, and I was always had that challenge at times not always but I'd be just like dude why are we why why does he get to keep coming home and why do you all keep supporting him when he does but my father had a very similar message to me it's because he's he's his son and just like me at home I have everything from that they can give me I just have to ask and I was pretty well cared for I wasn't we weren't rich by any stretch but I was cared for And I remember hearing this message in church one day and it struck home that I was that son that stayed home and I needed to change my perspective. And it really did help. And just now as we were reading, when I read the last, the last verse or verses, when it says, my son, the father said, you're always with me and have everything I have is yours. It's interesting that we as Christians don't avail ourselves of truly the power of God. If we truly understood that all that we all that God has is available to us, wouldn't our lives be very different? It's one of those things if we had the faith of a mustard seed, we could tell a mountain to move and it would. But so often I look at my mountains and feel overwhelmed instead of saying move. And relying upon God and the power that he's, that's available to us in Jesus' name. So as we come into this close, I, I just want to end with the power that is here for all of us is immense. The joy that God has and shows and shares when just one of us comes back to him is as if it's the, if it was the first time in the most important person. Jesus had you and me in his mind when he was on the cross. And he died thinking about how much he loved you and me. And the joy when we accepted his sacrifice and became one of the family again was immense and his sacrifice he did willingly because it brought you and me back into the fold with God and that was the greatest joy that the father can experience so with that let's just close with with a quick word of prayer father thank you thank you for your sacrifice thank you for dying on the cross all because of me and my sin. 
And thank you for loving me and making your power, your kindness, your attributes available to me. I pray that my spirit and my heart would be open to you and that I would understand what you've really got in store for us. How we do have a mighty Savior and as being part of your family, we have access to it. I just pray our hearts and our minds and our, our families would all be open and cared for and that we'd be submitted to you. I thank you and I praise you. I pray that we would be great witnesses of yours and would bring you honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God, and I hope you have a wonderful day.